yet. None of them have got but it that's right That's not yet. going to be the reason they sell it. It's theirs. You, you honestly think they're going to sell? All right, so they're going to sell. No, I didn't they're say They're going to sell to Blackbeard, Mass Co., and we're going to play in their, their stadium? <laughs> like, come on, man. They're not, the Fords aren't going to sell Ford Field to us. Like, oh, I'm just throwing it out there, man. Rod, I mean, you've been around here. You've been, you've been a Detroiter. <laughs> Have they ever gotten it right? I mean, they were very good in the 90s, but just good enough to win one playoff game. I think it depends on how old you are. If you're in your 60s or 70s, you probably saw them right when you were a kid. Um, For for us, middle-aged types, no. No, they haven't gotten it right at all. And they're not going to sell the team. It's not the fan outcry. At the end of the day, it's how much does this team make them that's going to determine whether they're going to keep it or not. And it keeps making money. The NFL prints money, so there's no incentive to sell. Rod Beer joins us, our good buddy from the Detroit News. By the way, you can get the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press for a buck. What is it, a buck uh, for uh, how many weeks? A buck a month for three buck months. A month is, for three the months. Intro- is the great introductory price, and you get all of this great news for a dollar a month. Because I've been clicking on, uh, uh, when, I, when I was clicking on them, all of a sudden you, you get one or two lines, then it says, oh, nope, you got to pay. You got to pay, but for a buck for three months, that's, that's a pretty good buy. I mean, it. There, man. I am a commonsensical guy. I don't buy into superstition. I don't buy into the supernatural of things to a degree. But I will say, like in the time that that we have had the one playoff win, what is it, man? The the Wings have been winners. The ti- the the Pistons have won. Tigers have been there. The Tigers have been there, and yeah. it's like you got to think the Lions would just kind of run into one over like a a thirty year. Yeah. Period. Like, the so NFL what, is set up that way. Yes. It's the, where you just accident your way into that happening. Yeah. I think that was under the Caldwell era where they finally had the, one of the top defenses in the league and the offense just couldn't get it right at that same time. So that's where we are. It's, it's, you you got you to gotta get something right at some point. And I think they were close with Caldwell, and I think they're getting farther and farther away as the what, years go now. Is it, is it culture? Is it culture? Or is it just that it, the gutting of the top down? Like like somebody said, get rid of everybody. The janitors, everybody's got to go. But see, I, the janitors don't do it, and that's just that's talk radio talk. It right. is you got to have guys who come out and play their best and don't make the mistakes. And the closest that we saw to that for me was under Caldwell. Those guys played for him. They loved him. They cared about him. He cared about them more than any other case than any other team that I think I've seen that we've been around in this local area. They love Jim Caldwell. It just didn't work, and you needed to give that more time, and they just didn't give it enough time because, you know what, 9-7 and seven isn't good enough. Um, we, we appreciate 2-14 and 3-13. And, and, uh, and and Those things we appreciate a little bit more, apparently. I, I was a, a complainer about Caldwell, gentleman Jim. I liked him. I thought he was a good coach. I didn't like that he didn't have that – you know, screaming at the referee mentality that we all have as fans. and we. But he's like, it doesn't matter if I scream at the referee. But it might matter for the next call. I don't know. But, you know, to have I, – I, I don't know. I, 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 I it's, 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 it's a results-oriented business, Maz. It's about how many games you win, and he's the, the best winning percentage coach that they've had, and you've gone through your Mariucci's, your everybody else who was, supposed to, who was yelling at the, the refs and throwing their headsets and everything else – what matters is how many games you win at the end of the day. He did it better than anybody else, and they thought they could go and get somebody from the Patriots stock who Please. would do it better, and it just has not worked out. I mean, that's 
that's the thing that you look at and you say, if anybody's culpable in this, that it's going to end up being uh, Bob Quinn, because he's the one that pulled the plug and said, you know what, we've got something good in Caldwell. And even in a nine and seven season where they didn't make the playoffs, that wasn't good enough. And you've got to produce something better and bring your own guy in. And when your own guy doesn't produce, you know whose fault that is? That's yours. And the drafts, his drafts are, you know, nothing to, to write home about so far. I mean, he, Jared Davis, then Tease Tabor, you know, was his top two picks. After that, you got a fifth round pick this year and Jason Huntley that you go out and get. You trade up to get Will Harris. These guys are, you know, one guy's not with the team. The other guy is, you know, basically put him on the bench. I mean, it's, it's drafting. It's everything with these people. Right, and I think you, you still got to give this year's draft some time, but the, yes. the past years, I think you're right to, to go back and criticize and say, hey, what did Jared Davis, what has he done so far to, to warrant that high a pick? And what do you do for, I mean, it's drafts. It's every, it's not one thing that you can say, hey, the offense is right there. You've given Matthew Stafford a few years with Calvin Johnson and with um, Golden Tate and with a talented core of receivers, the only thing he hasn't had is a running game. So, again, we're back at the same thing. You got the passing game right. You didn't get the running game right. The defense was good, but you couldn't have all the pieces there together. And you've got to have free agents that want to come here and want to play and see that you're building something. And I think Caldwell was building something where you can at least say, hey, this is a, a 9-7 and seven team. I could see myself going there and, and, and maybe being that difference. next piece. Yeah. Right, but nobody's going to come here for a, a three twelve and one team or a, a, a six and ten team and try to be that next piece. But it's I look at, I guess, right. I look at like the Raiders, right? I, I watch every, I watched every minute of that game last night, and at one mm-hmm. point, I'm looking on there and I'm like, man, they got Richie Incognito Off on that scrappy. line. But I'm watching him, and you know what he's doing? He's doing Richie Incognito type. By stuff. the way, he's out for the year. He blew out his Achilles. Yeah, but but I'm looking at Jacobs. Jacobs isn't. Boy, is he I don't good. Think, but, he, but, I mean, it's, oh, it's easy smooth. to be good when the damn hole is there. I know, like, but he's smooth. I feel like, and I look at Derek Carr, I don't see a difference between Derek Carr and Stafford in terms of who. It's just, it's like the Lions just, they don't make plays. And I don't, man, I, for the life of me, and I'm to your point, the the time I remember the Lions finding a way under Caldwell, even at 9-7, and seven, I always felt like, you know what? They're there. They're there. They're. I mean, now they took there. some. They took some whoopings, but I never just felt like I had no idea what was going on. I have, man, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who they want to be. You, you have the number three pick. You take a defensive guy, and everybody's like, oh well, it was just. But I, I asked this question. Okay, if if you do that, you're telling me we're going to build on defense. If not, you go get Stafford an asset, and let's just go and outscore people like. If, Wetzel even mentioned it. Arizona. Where was Arizona a year and a half, two years ago? You one win. You grab a guy. You grab a guy that got fired from a, 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 a what a, a not a Tech. from Texas freaking Tech, yeah. and you take Kyler Murray, Murray, who everybody said was undersized and yada yada yada. And now what happens? You give him De, you give him DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Drake. All of a sudden now, I, I think the three of us have a firm handle on what the Cardinals are, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm like, they're going to score 50. They may score 50. They may they may put 50 on the Lions Sunday. They might. No, I think it's going to be high 40s or 50. But you, you bring up the point about the Raiders, too. There's not a lot of top-tier talent there, but they have an identity that says they're going to be nasty. They're just going to come out, and they're going to try to run over you. And when you look at, at, at Waller, Waller is a, a wall wow. of a guy, but they went to him, what, 15 times? Yeah. He caught 12? 
I mean, yeah. that's a guy you're building around that guy. and You're saying this is who we are. And you were close to that with Calvin Johnson, that you knew what you were getting and you kind of beat the teams you were supposed to beat under Caldwell. And there were these kind of weird circumstances with completing the process or there was always something weird like that yeah. that happened. But even with those things, he's still nine and seven and you're yeah. still sniffing the playoffs. It's better to be. It's not like the, the the NBA. It's better to be there in the NFL because you get in a wild card game and then you just don't know what can happen after that. It's not like you're you're trying to beat a number one seed. You have a, a different sort of path as a wild card. At least you've won a playoff game. At least that playoff experience is going to bode you well for the next couple of years. And it just never materialized beyond that for the Lions. That they, you, it's so hard in the NFL to be playoff ready and playoff successful. But it's so much easier just to get to the playoffs if you're right there. If you're at that eight, eight, nine, and seven mark, to get over that hump is not that hard. And they were right there. If I look at, so you look around the league. I think you can you can point to every team and say, okay, the good teams. I would say you could say, okay, this is Blank's team. So the Bears are Khalil Mack's team. Like they have his identity. That's his team. I look at the Titans, and it's they, they're Vrabel. Vrabel is his imprint is all over the Tennessee Titans. I think Brian Flores is still struggling with that. I think there are times when they show it. I think toward the end of last year, but when I look at the Lions, I think that into Maz. Maz always says this, and I agree with him, man. When these, when when the Lions stopped being Indomitian Sue's Lions and became more Matt Stafford's Lions, that's where I think this thing. I think that's where they lost it. Because I think when they were in Dominican Sue's and that defense. dominated that line. When it was his Lions, I think that was the chance they had to to really build something that was true to this division and true to the city. And for whatever reason, I just feel like that that was the last piece of identity this team had. Amen. But but it it wasn't going to last with Sue because Sue didn't want to be here. He wanted to be bigger and better and have a bigger profile in a different city. He just kind of got drafted here and he was he was down with that. But when that contract was over, he was ready to go. He wasn't he wasn't staying here for his entire career where I think Stafford is the face of your franchise, but he doesn't have that rah rah let's go run through this wall and and win this game. He he's only done that in what the Cleveland game a couple years ago, but yeah. he hasn't at this jump on my back, I'm going to carry us and we're going to win this game. There have been more games that he's just lost like that. But he he doesn't have that bravado and that persona to say, I'm that dude. Come on, we're about to win this game. Calvin Johnson kind of had that. He, You can see he laid it out on the line week after week. But Matthew Stafford, just that's not his personality. And that's not necessarily a knock. That's, that's an observation of who he is. But you need that guy. Golden Tate was was kind of that guy. Glover Quinn was that guy, but and there were so many others who had that that persona. But you never saw that from Matthew Stafford the same way. Outside of maybe a handful of games where um, he, he showed that just in in a little piece here or there. I think they would have kept uh, Sue had the rules not changed. The NFL screwed him because they had those three yeah. top draft picks, yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. they took all the money away, and we couldn't pay the guy. If you paid him, he was yeah. staying. Because that was a team that was ready to move to the next level. Let's face it; they had the game stolen from them. Yeah, and and that that's just part of the rules and, and the, the salary cap and everything else, the rookie cap that they had to pay staff for a lot of money. And then you got Sue getting all that money too. What were you going to do uh, from that point? So, I mean, that's but these things happen to the Lions. We we've been around long enough to know anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong for them. So, Let's, how do we? 
how do they, not we, oh, God, not we, if you look at what, or Galladay comes back, I mean, what, are are you sold on anything positive that they can still be and do based on what you've seen the last couple of weeks, Rod, or what you think just based on when you look at the personnel? The running game is better than I thought it would be and adding Adrian Peterson. I think you just got to feed him. You got to be in a position where you can feed him and feed even carry on to give them the reps and, and the, establish some kind of ground game. And with Galladay back, you might be able to open something up. But you're not fooling anybody with Quintez Cephas and and those guys. It, 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 you can tell when defenses are just going to stack for the run um, and, and they can single cover a play zone and, and kind of keep you in that box. You're not going to do anything offensively with that. So you've got to open up Hawkinson. You've got to have three levels of, of of danger with that. you got to have Galladay as your, your vertical guy, Hawkinson maybe as your mid-range guy, and then you can have a DeAndre Swift as your out-of-the-backfield guy and your other guys as your, your slants and outs and crossing routes and things like that. But you can't have a, a an offense that doesn't have a vertical threat and then say that you're going to go out and beat teams like Green Bay and Chicago. They almost even did it with without that in Chicago. But uh, you weren't going to beat Green Bay. You weren't going to outshoot them. And without Galladay, they're not going to outshoot the Cardinals this weekend either. Rod Beard joins us. Detroit News, of course. Clarence Black, Tom Mazaway on the wrap. Let's go over to basketball before we run out of time. Uh, Lakers obviously win that game the other night, game two, to go up 2 nothing. AD with the uh, dagger, I would think, uh, in that Denver game. I think if Denver had Switch. a shot to win it, that would Switch. That was it. Switch. And you got the Heat leading the Celtics 2-1. to one. Uh, What do you take from both these series so far going forward? Um, it's it's not the Clippers. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I take away from it. I, I thought that was going to be a series where the Clippers and Lakers, what we waited on all year, and then we just got disappointed again. Uh, don't count Denver out though. They they've shown that they can bounce back from being hit in the jaw a couple of times. And then with Miami and Boston, it's the same sort of deal. Is that you see an identity now with Jimmy Butler and with what the Heat are doing with these nondescript sort of scrap heap guys and some rookies. I mean, if you can make Duncan Robinson part of your identity, Tyler Hero and, and Goran Dragic, if that's what you are, you, that's good coaching and good front office and good scouting that you figured out this is who we want to be. Boston is the same sort of way. They built it around their young guys. And in these couple of trades and, and things where they get garnered more draft picks, they can still go out next year and be even better because they added another superstar because they've put together all these assets. And that's what people are talking about with the Pistons, but you've got to do it to an extreme degree to get to that point. Man, what team of the East would be the better matchup for the Lakers at the end? Because I'm still thinking the Lakers are going to win in five. I'm going to say Boston because they've got the, the better core with those wings. Can either of these teams beat them? Can, or am I, I'm no, just, am I just screwed? No, no. I'm screwed. Because, because Le, LeBron's will is going to supersede all of this, and then you just add AD onto it. I hate it. his will. I hate his will. It, it, but, but, but if the Celtics are making – there's, there's only one – there's one major caveat to the Celtics. If they are making shots, specifically making threes, they are just difficult to deal with. And what I also like that Brad Stevens did in Game Three, Rod, is he he kind of he they they played Miami Heat basketball. I mean, the Celtics mm-hmm. were the team that were grinding, and they were and they stopped settling for threes. They were attacking the basket. The Heat was the team complaining about fouls, and you know Jimmy Butler had a, a stretch in that in that third quarter where he was just he was whining every two minutes and wanted his calls, and the refs kind of looked at him like, "Are you like?" 
Are you, are you almost like, yeah, are you serious? But Boston went ultra small too, and just yeah. said, "Hey, we our biggest guy is just going to be Jalen Brown. We're just going to run yeah. him at, at six seven, and and we'll have five small guys, and you just come and chase us now." So that's the that's the interesting part of this, and where this series is going to go is how many different ways can you play? And the Lakers can kind of do that, but when they play LeBron and, and AD at the same time, uh, I don't think they'll be able to stay with the Celtics when the Celtics go super ultra small because you got Rondo defending, you got other guys who are just KCP, um, you're going to count on them to do a lot more defending than they've done in this series. Spolstra and Stevens are uh, they're studs, those two guys as coaches. Uh, maybe maybe they could whip something up and uh, keep the East, give them a chance in the finals. Yeah, I, th- I think so, but it, it's still who on either one of those teams has led a team to a championship? Who's going to yeah. be the clincher and the closer for Boston or Miami. They just don't, if you're asking Jason Tatum to do that or Kimba to do that, it's something that's maybe outside what they've done before. Jimmy Butler, he just hasn't been there. He, he can do it. I think he has just as strong a will as LeBron, but you're depending on too many young guys on either one of those teams to step up and have the, the playoff series of their lives to go out and beat the Lakers. Have you been paying attention still to baseball going forward here? Uh, a little bit, not not as much. Because um, now with covering the Lions a little bit more, right. it's just kind of been split between those two. Well, it's getting down to the uh, it's getting down to the dirty here. About eight games remaining, uh, basically for the entire league, and the best of threes they'd match up like this if it ended today. The Rays would play the Jays, White Sox against the Indians, A's Astros, Twins Yankees. In the NL, you got the Dodgers looking for eight straight division championships. They play Philly. Cubs would play the Reds. Braves in the Cards. Padres who are a great story, would play the Marlins uh, right now. The Tigers, you know, they're not going to be in it. But, you know, they're five games back of the eighth spot. I will say that they're still not mathematically eliminated, but, you know, they got three teams to jump. But putting all that aside, what happened uh, with the Tigers and Ron Gardenhire saying, I can't do it anymore. I, I don't feel well. My hands are shaking. I'm t-. I guess his doctor, I'm thinking his doctor told him, you got to quit right now, man. Yeah, and, and he had said, uh, or I read somewhere that he told his, his son that he was going to quit at the end of the year, and his contract was up anyway. So none of this is really unexpected. It's just that he couldn't finish the season out. Right. But it's just the lesson in all this is that there's more important stuff than sports. If you don't feel like you can take care of your family or, or let's say he finishes the year out and it's three or four more weeks and, and something else happens, then you miss that three weeks with your family. And it's just we're at a different time right now. You can't take any of this stuff for granted and say, yeah, I, I, I'd be able to finish out this year. I, I'm going to be cool. You don't know. You just don't know. Speaking of more important things, Rod, so colleges, I don't know if you kept on the colleges around the country are reporting an increase. Colleges that have had students on campus are reporting massive increase in, uh, in COVID cases. If, if schools don't have a handle on this thing, I'm still struggling struggling to figure out where college football, which opens with the SEC opens this weekend. I just feel like in a month from now we are going to be sitting here kicking ourselves that they that college football actually thought they could get away with this. Because they don't make money off regular students. <laughs> this, this isn't a secret. There's there's nothing mystical about this. If they made money off of um, off of Erica, the the engineering major, <laughs> then they would figure out a way to monetize that. But this is this is very clear. Look, the the Big Ten looked and said, "Hey, 
we're not doing it. Oh, wait a minute. ACC's figuring this out, and we've seen Georgia State play for three straight weeks on ESPN, and they're not falling over? Okay, well, I, th- I think we can do it. I think the, the medical experts have figured out a loophole where this is going to work. I mean, do whatever you need to do. I hope everybody stays safe, but this is as, as dangerous and as reckless as you can probably be as a, a conference to say that we're going to play anyway. We know what the dangers are, but we're going to play anyway. And even the NFL, with all of the precautions that they're taking, we saw that the coaches and the teams were, were fined for not wearing their yeah. masks. I mean, this is, this is just little stuff. But all you need is a couple of cases and people to get sick. And the, the Big Ten and these conferences are going to look back in 10 years and say, hey, we, we got all these lawsuits now from guys who um, tested positive, even through our best efforts. And now they've got heart conditions, God forbid. But, I mean, that's what we're looking at. But the, the Big Ten and the conferences are saying we really need football for our bottom line and to generate this revenue for our athletic departments. And it's yeah, a right. shame that that's what we're down to. Man. Hey, it's great talking to you again. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll, let's do it again real soon. Anytime. Appreciate it, guys. Our pleasure. Yeah, it's Rod Beard of the Detroit News. You could also listen to Rod and Real, his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Detroit News. A buck for three months. A buck a month yeah. for three months. Come on. Hey, man, they're still kids, man. I I told somebody the other day, they're like, well, you know, it's just they're not going to be with the regular students. And I'm like, dude, you, you, yes, you go to play football, but you're still in college, man. You still, you're still a kid. You are not going to be able to box these kids in and restrict all movement, man. You can try, and God bless you. You know, I remember being 19. You remember being 19. You trying to tell me you can put a 19 year old in a box? Good luck with that. Best of luck with that. That's like trying to herd kittens. Yeah. So, I like Rod said, we'll say a prayer. Uh, hope it works. That's and tough, man. Let's try to enjoy as much of stuff as yeah. we can, I guess. That's hey. all there is to it. Can't watch no more Troy and Furman games, man. Those I haven't, are rough. I haven't tuned into a game yet. <laughs> Notre Dame uh, had to cancel practice the last couple of days. You know, they got some guys sick. So, Bro. let's see how it all works out, I guess. Thanks to Kelsey and the birthday boy, David B. in the behind the scenes. Stevie Mack, thank you for helping us put the show together. Thanks to Rod. And, of course, uh, thanks to uh, Dan Wetzel for our last show. So, CB, thanks for coming in. My man. Always, baby. Let's do it again. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. King and Foster coming up next.